Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast on Cop Left, number nine I believe. Joining me tonight on the pod to discuss the game last night against Burton, we have pod, a lot of pod regulars. First up we have Neil Devlin. How are you Neil? All good with you? Yeah, good. Glad to be the only Neil on the podcast for a change. Yes, it's, it's less confusion and there'll be no singing tonight because Chief ain't here, uh, which is a blessing in disguise and we're one, so uh, glad that he sort of didn't take a chance to come on. <laughs> and second up with John Henderson in Belfast. How are you, John? All good with you, man? Yeah, I'm good, Dave. I have a bit of a sore throat after a stag doing Budapest, but I'm recovering. <laughs> yeah, <what's, laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Uh, and last but certainly not least, three in a row now, Carly, the hat trick. How are you? All good with you? Yeah, I'm certainly all better after last night, a bit more optimistic anyway, so yeah. Don't a bit worry, better. I'm here to crush your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, sadly, no, sadly, nobody else would host, so here you are, getting your, your all your dreams crushed again. So let's get into it anyway, and I'll stay with you, Carly, ladies first. Tell me about what made you so happy about last night. We won, so that's a positive. Against uh, Burton Albion, we won. Okay, let's let's take it from there. Well, if well if we had a, had a good beat... That would have been even worse. So, you, you know, you support a football team to support them whenever they win. So we won. We scored five. And not only did we score five, there was a lot of scores on this on the score sheet. So that's a positive. We kept a clean sheet. We didn't concede. Um, and then, obviously, there was um, chance injury, which could be the only downside. Thankfully, the sort of soundings is that it's not too serious. So hopefully he'll be OK for Saturday. But. You know, we're in a cup competition, we're into the next round. We scored quite a lot of goals. Um, few players come back from injury, got game time. So for me, there's loads of positives and no negatives. No, and that's fair enough. Um, I'll come across to John with, with, with the Tottenham game looming, given the, the team that he put out there. You know, it was a whole lot of sort of what you would call, call our best 11 out there uh, against Burton Albion. It's, it's, I find that a bit scary, but uh, John, your thoughts? No, I, I think I'd agree with Carly. It was it, it was a good performance. I thought they looked they looked sharp. Uh, they were doing all the things in the first half that they didn't do at at Burnley. They didn't do a lot of things at Burnley, I suppose. But no, that, that, the the positives for me were the scores as well. Sturridge got a wee tap in. He scored a rocket. Origi got on the score sheet. Firmino got on the score sheet. I'm a big believer that goals are confidence and no matter who the opposition is if that's if that gets Firmino or Regi Sturridge in the group for the league games that's that's a big positive but of course let, let's be under no illusions Tottenham's going to be a big big test if we play anything like we played at Burnley with the likes of Ericsson and, and, and Kane and players like that they will they will give us a they will give us an absolute kicking, so we we need to be up for it. But I can see why he put out a strong team, Dave. There's no there's no Europe in theory, really. We've only got we've only got three competitions and two domestic cups in the league, so I have and no. Suppose another game for them, John, as well, isn't a bad thing. Like I have to be honest, you know, it, it gives them more game time. You know, we're Absolutely. we're still still close to preseason. You know, I mean, that extra sharpness could possibly be a benefit. Absolutely, I think you know, I think too after a result like like Burnley. Klopp probably told them get out there and make us right. You know the away supporters of Burnley had nothing. It was a disgrace of a performance. So to go out there and just blow a team away, put five goals in, I think it puts hopefully the Burnley a bit further to the back of their minds. Now we can push on. Hopefully, uh, although it's going to be very tough. No, indeed. And and Neil, I know you're sort of more in my sort of 
sort of cynicism bucket, if you will. <laughs> what were your Where are you on this one? No, they're, they're just positives. Uh, positive is, it's not like years gone by where we were like scraping through on fucking 22 penalties or some bullshit. So that's a plus. It's good that we had so many goal scorers, as you're saying. Uh, it was good to get our midfield back in Emery Chan, but also equally not so good that our entire midfield was then injured. What, what are the chances? <laughs> one guy for Liverpool. The, the, the odds are low. <laughs> yeah, midfield is one dude, <laughs> one good-looking dude, but a dude all the same. It was good uh, to have two strikers on at once. Made such a difference. I thought I'm kind of I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick to death of attacking midfielders at this fucking stage. I'm sick of the ball going in and out and in. Number tens are pissing me off. More. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> Like, the Burnley match just summed it all up. Let's just have a wee kick around across the back four and never actually fucking do anything. It was good to have Origi on, finding his rhythm, as Klopp would say, and then Sturridge looking good. Uh, Carly had mentioned that he didn't look too too happy about scoring, but I think that was just basically because we were playing Burton Albion. I don't think he, he thought it was wise to overdo it, really, I think. But yeah, positives. Negatives, I'm sure, will... In general, will come on to you, Dave, especially coming from you. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think you're right. Too. I, just I think you're right on the front pairing. I think you're you're right on the front pairing thing. It makes I'd a love difference. I'd to see us do that more. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And and I think one big thing, we'll probably all agree, Sturridge has never been the same player as a lone striker. He's he's never to me looked as formidable as he did with a strike partner. Albeit it was one of the best strike partner you could ever get in, in Suarez, you know. There's a train of thought out there that he prefers to be the lone man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, certainly, his best football was a season where, where where Suarez was up there with him. And definitely at Burnley. Although it doesn't help that we had no midfield. And I think if you're, a, you know, as Neil says, it, it feels a bit at the moment like you, the, the midfield is Chan. We just looked the shape and in terms of the purpose and stuff looked so much better with him there and they were just aimless and I felt sorry for to be honest for Sturridge of Burnley because it was it was just lateral there was there was nothing really there I think there was one ball in the first half Coutinho tried to put him in but he was really feeding off scraps but I think put two up there and um, there's a lot of fairly average teams in the Premier League put two strikers up there and give it a go I, I would like to see us try it anyway do you, do you think that the uh, the RAG Sturridge partnership it, 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 could, it could bear fruit then I, I do absolutely because I think what you've got with Origi is he's got real pace, lightning pace. He can run the channels. He's strong. He's direct. And I think Sturridge is a different different type. He's a different type of striker. Sturridge is about that finesse and touch and making that half yard and getting the shot away. And he can score really classy goals. So absolutely, I think I would. I, I think it could work. Why not try it anyway? Uh, here, here's a thought. Might be. I don't know, debatable or contentious or whatever, but do we look better without Phil Coutinho? It's a thought. That, that is a fair point. It's a fair point. Someone actually brought that up on point. Twitter today. Um, asking, you know, it's one of those things as well. It depends what Phil Coutinho shows up. You know what I mean? There's there, there's a two twofold thing yeah, to this. I've been you know, saying this. There's days there, there's days he's unplayable, and there's there's days he just doesn't play. And it just depends which. It depends on a manager being able to to, to notice what Phil Coutinho he has on that particular given day. Well, I'm just going to say I think I think around the Coutinho point. I'd like to see that team last night with Coutinho instead of Lalana, and Wijnaldum instead of Henderson. That's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see that given a go. Sorry, sorry, Neil. 
No, I'm just uh, I'm saying I've been saying all along about Coutinho that he he could be one of the best players in the world, but it's it seems to be in ten minute spurts. He seems to he seems to have to do something like unbelievable to then for the for the rest of the match to be in the match. If he doesn't do well, he's doesn't score an amazing goal or he doesn't do something fantastic within maybe the first 20 minutes or so, it just never seems to happen for him. And that inconsistency, I think, is killing us. If he starts, like, we've started off slow in the first two games of the season, so maybe that's a symptom of that. But you see, Phil gets a bit of pelters. Carly, what's your thought on Phil in this one? You know, and, and you get to see him probably more than the rest of us. You know, he does seem to drift in and out of games, but... He's seen as sort of our, our our biggest player and, you know, the, the go-to name at Liverpool is Coutinho to make something happen. But as as Neil said, he needs to make something happen for the rest to all fall in. I think it's a really, really good point that he's made. No, I, I actually agree with him. Um, I think it was either this morning or after the game last night, someone made a very valid point on Twitter. And to be honest, I can't remember who it was questioning if Coutinho had actually been dropped as opposed to rested. He probably is touted as our best player you know the first the first uh, person who's going to be on our team sheet each week but like you said we just don't know what Coutinho is going to turn up I mean we've seen at Arsenal for the first 44 minutes he did absolutely nothing with the rest of the team and then given that chance you've seen what he can do but unfortunately at the minute those flashes of brilliance are totally irregular you know that what we've seen against Arsenal is what we're getting week in, week out. So uh, th- that's why, you know, when people are saying worried, they're worried about Barcelona, the likes of Barcelona coming in for him. For me, I don't see that happening. Unless this season he manages to, to turn things around quite quickly and perform every game, he's not going to get the move that he probably does want. I agree with what Johnny said. I would like to see that kind of team out against Spurs on Saturday with Wijnaldum and Chan. And um, also, well, hopefully Manny will be back for for them as well because against Burnley we really missed the speed and the pace but I don't know I get, it was Burton Albion but I thought the team flowed quite well last night without Coutinho and the other point about last night actually was just a slight negative Lalana annoyed the fuck out of me with those Cruyff turns it seemed like every single thing he was doing it was just a Cruyff turn a Cruyff turn a Cruyff turn uh, to me it was slowing us down Instead of trying to pick a pass to someone else, he stops, turns, chases his tail for 10 minutes and then tries to find a pass. So I wouldn't mind seeing him dropped on Saturday. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it's just getting him. I think if you had Coutinho there coming from deeper, I always think Coutinho played his best football deeper with players in front of him that they can try and hit. Like Sturridge, like Origi, like Manny. I think that's what he needs. So... And 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 I would agree. And, and as I said, there, I, I just think then put him in for Lalana, put Wijnaldum in for Henderson, who's gone through a tough period, and just give that a go at the weekend. See how see how it works out. That, that's what I'd like to see. No, and I think that's a really really fair point, John. To be honest with you, Lalana has you know he frustrates the living hell out of us. You know we we've been we've been podding together for a while, and been <laughs> he's been subject to a lot of abuse. Yeah, and and that's why because he does good things at times and can be a useful player at times. But as Carly said, at times that, that Cruyff turn just allows that couple of seconds for them to get themselves set in defence again. And that's, you know, for the bus parking teams, it's a huge problem for us, you know, because we're wanting to hit these teams fast and, and whether, before they get themselves organised and set. And Lallana, to me, is a detriment to that. Neil, your thoughts? As I was saying, did you see his miss for a start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I know you only see the, the highlights, but it, 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 like the, if we're playing a good team or anybody worth their salt, like 
that could be the only chance that we make in the game, and he's fucked it. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right with the Cruyff turns, and then if you match that alongside with Milner being at left back as well, he has to keep cutting back onto his right foot again. There, there's two players out of your ten outfield players who have to cut back or are slowing the whole thing up, and our whole game plan's aimed around the idea of pressing and countering as quickly as possible. So. Those, surely those two players just are counterproductive to that whole idea. And I, to me, I just don't get how the manager doesn't see it. And he at least seems to be two two players that he really, really loves. And I, I'm not saying people will take it if you say anything bad about Klopp that, oh, you mean, you mean we must replace him? I don't mean that. I just, I actually can't get my head around thinking. I don't know if you guys can offer anything up or, or whatever, but I can't see any, any reason why those two should be in the team. No, certainly not with Klopp's history of, of developing players and the type of players he's developed. You wonder where Lana does fit into those plans. And, and, and I get exactly what you're saying. You know, I, I'm exactly the same as you, Neil. I, Klopp is open to criticism. It's season two. But I, I, as far as I'm concerned, if he stays there another three years, absolutely no problem. I don't see the, Jurgen Klopp, the manager, being the problem. I see that maybe his the way that he's approaching the Premier League, as maybe his lack of experience outside other leagues, is maybe maybe a detriment to him here at the moment. And the the money bags throwing money everywhere, you know, are the elite clubs, the ones above us, let's say, are, are spending money like water to improve their sides, and we're buying in the hope that the players improve to improve us. You know, they're buying them and instantly improving. We're buying in the hope of improving. And, and it's been going on too long. And as we said, the last part was called We Need a Hero. By God, we do. Because there's, you know, we have a hero on the sidelines. We don't have one on the pitch. Um, but, but bringing it back to Coutinho, and I'll come to Carly on this one. Carly, do you feel that Phil maybe just struggles with the pressure? Because he is sort of seen as our main man. Yeah, it could be. It could be one of those things really that, that it affects them I mean, we, we all kind of to sort well I certainly feel my age now I kind of forget the age of what some of these guys are you know you look at them on the pitch and you don't sort of equate that to shit he's younger than my younger brother and he's out there playing in front of 50,000 people a week and okay fair enough people might say oh well he's getting paid for it or things like that but you do forget these are human be- human beings and most of them are quite young um Phil's been with us for a good few years now, so I wouldn't like to think to a certain extent that the pressure is getting to him. I would hope that he'd be a bit more settled than that. But I don't th- I don't think he has become more consistent, even from when he first joined with us. So for me, that is a slight worry. But but then, like we've already said, you know, when there's certain players being played around him that are sort of counterproductive to the way he wants to play, are we really getting the best out of him every game? So that's probably another thing to think about, maybe as well as if he's feeling any pressure. See, going back to the about Klopp, there, there's no doubt when we got him, we were very excited, and, 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 and rightly so. And I think Klopp's brilliant. I love everything about him and his charisma and what he's done. But there is one wee niggle with, with Klopp, which is when he was at Dortmund, he very much just focused on the, the coaching side of the team, getting the players and improving them and developing the shape and the style of play and all that. And at Dortmund, he had Zork. There's that director of football figure who did all the recruiting, who probably looked and analysed the team, and he would have been the one that would have identified weaknesses and gaps in the team. And not an independent person, because he's very much part, he was part of Dortmund, and he was part of that team with Klopp, but for, he would have looked at it and thought, we really need a controlling midfielder there. We need a player with pace there. And he would have profiled those players, and then obviously presented them to Klopp. And Klopp would have played a big part then, probably in getting the deals over the line in the players. And, that worries me a wee bit. It does worry me a wee bit because I think Klopp 
is he's he's getting used to this group of players, and I think he probably has more faith in them because he hasn't seen as much of them as we have in a funny sort of way. Our faith's lost in some of them because we know they've been shipped for ages, and he's maybe loyal to a fault. But it does worry me when I look at the recruitment in the summer. People have made the point about we were weak at goalkeeper. All right, we've signed someone there. Midfield was a concern, especially a controlling midfielder, and we haven't addressed that. Centre-back, we most certainly haven't addressed that. In fact, that could get worse with what we're about to talk about. But it does worry me that maybe with this having to be the overall doing everything, it does that mean that he doesn't have that fresh set of eyes that you maybe need? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking an absolute shite. Maybe his assistant is is, is, is capable of, of, or you know, maybe the team around him are, are looking at that. But it's just a wee concern I have, Dave, with him. Because I expected our transfer business to plug a few more areas than it has. It's a niggle at this point, but we'll, we'll see how things go. Yeah, and I think for me, it's just sad that these niggles are coming along so so quickly into the second season because we I think we expected better. I think we just expected, you know, not a, not a miracle, but certainly to be moving in the right direction. And I think, you know, as I said in the last podcast, we we'll watched four halves of football. The, the only half that we, ever, we actually played in the Premier League, we still conceded two goals. And it all goes back to the defence. But again, as you say, we don't have a controlling midfielder. It, by the looks of it, we're not even in for one, which which is crazy. And and, 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 and another point, I'll let others come in now. Um, I think that Klopp, when, when he has his backroom team, they aren't all mates. I don't think it's a backslapping club. You know what I mean? I think those guys uh, have worked together long enough that they could have that conversation. If, if, if they see something, I think they'd be comfortable enough with each other. That's the type of feel I would get from it. I don't know. I don't know what everybody else's thoughts would be. I think Klopp's the kind of man who would want people around him who would actively criticise him. Yeah, no, I, I, w- I would agree with that. You know, as you said, they've been together a long time now. I think they all serve a different purpose, sort of within the backroom staff. So, I, 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 do, I, I do actually get that that feel from it. You know, I think Klopp would prefer the honesty of someone coming up and giving suggestions or maybe criticisms of players or suggestions of things as opposed to just sort of bowing down to him and telling him what he wants to hear. He doesn't seem to to be that kind of person who would like that. And he also looks like the kind of person who would see straight through that as well. Well, you, you would actually hope so. But listen, you know, we we're talking about defenders here. And, and I want to bring it round before we move to the, to, to the biggest story about our defenders, to, to young Joel Matip. And I'm just curious as to what your thoughts on his performance last night was and, you know, generally how he did. And I'll come to Neil Devlin first. Or sorry, I'll come to Neil first. <laughs> Neil Devlin's fine. Uh, uh, can we really garner much from it? I don't, I don't know. He, he looked great going forward, but that's not really what I want from my defender. So if he can do that and defend at the same time, that, that's great. He never really looked flustered. Looked, looked pretty good, but this is all against Burton, so it's hard. It's hard to sort of gauge. He looked better than Lovren. Lovren could have given away a penalty uh, and had a few hairy moments where. Just looked a bit crazy, but the, what I will say for Lovren is he, I've started to notice lately. Someone had said he's a good header of the ball, and I've been starting to take note of that he actually really is a good header of the ball. So there, that's for Amara. There's a good point on Lovren. She'll enjoy that one. But back to Matip. What concerns me is today. I don't know if you heard it that he said that he's looking forward to his partnership with Dejan Lovren. So does that mean that there are our first choice centre back pairing now? How, how does how does that work out? Got any thoughts? Fear, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, I'll pass that one along to John. How, uh, how's your fear levels on that one? I'm traumatized, to be honest. Traumatized? No, it's not. I, I can't see that ever being good enough, to be honest. 
I can't see that ever being good enough to maintain the proper place in the top four, for example. I, I think you're right, Neil. Lovren can head a ball. You know, he can. But it's positioning and it's it's reading of the game and his judgment and his rashness. And he does sort of I, I just... <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. And people... Some people laughed at me when I said it, but, you know, you watch that Europa League final again and your guy... You know, Gamero absolutely murdered him. Murdered him with his movement. The only reason, yeah, the only reason we didn't concede five in that half was Colo Terry. I, I would have Colo Terry every day of the week ahead of Lovren. So no, it's not a, it's not a, a partnership. I mean, it's very Neil's right. You can't judge Matip on on, on that. He had nothing to do. He looks very assured on the ball, very calm. But I think. You know, Saturday will tell the tale. Does it um, concern you that the only things that I've ever seen on Joel Matip, I, like I don't claim to be an expert, but anything anybody's ever shown me, all seems to be him going forward. And I, <laughs> it's, I don't seem to see anything about his spectacular defending. Yeah, and you're you're right. And there's 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 people out there that would watch and observe the Bundesliga a lot closer than I certainly would, and. Their view is that, you know, he's, he's not top drawer defensively. You know, he, he's good. He can, he can, he can score some goals, but there is, there's doubts about his, you know, being an absolutely top level defender. And I think that's one of the things along with a controlling midfielder that we are absolutely screaming out for. We need a Tony Adams. We need a, you know, we, we need a, a center back. That, that can come into that. John, you to, can put Frank Berezi beside Lovren. It's still going to be shit. Yeah. We'll never underestimate a good player. I've seen Paul McGrath turn Phil Bob into a 3.6 million record sign-on <laughs> once. And Paul McGrath at the time was, was struggling with drinks. So <laughs> you never underestimate how good, how much a great player can do for a partner. But no, I take your point, Dave. I think we, we need someone though. We, we, we need someone. And, and ideally we need someone with Matip uh, there. I, I would have said Sasako and Matip, but obviously we'll probably come on through. That doesn't look like happening. So that's no, a big worry. Of course, it's a big worry, Dave. No, we're going. We are going to talk Sacco, but I'll, I'll give Carly uh, her say on Matip before we do anything. Uh, before we go that direction, because it could get messy. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it would have been a bit more concerning if Matip had said that he was looking forward to playing with Sacco every week, considering the news that's been coming on out. I didn't really know much about him either, to be honest. Um, as I said, sort of in the last pod, I don't watch a lot of international football, so I kind of listen to the views of other people who do watch it week in, week out, but. Going on last night, Derry said he was very agoresque, very calm on the ball. He liked to bring the ball out, um, sort of attacking, which is good up to a point. Um, the only thing that worries me is the fact that Klopp likes to use wing-backs a lot. So if we have we're using wing-backs and our central defender likes to push forward and that's leaving Lovren at the back, that kind of scares me a little bit. But yeah, I was hoping it would be him and Sacco, but obviously considering what sort of the news that's come out, I'm now wondering... Has Klopp got his eye on someone else? Or I, I really don't know. I think that we're going to be left very short in that department. So I'm hoping that another thing is that he's not injury prone. Well, again, I, I don't know enough about him to know about his injury record either. But 
Hopefully not, because he's at Liverpool. Right we're going. He's now injury prone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah, Raymond. It sort of come, comes with a fucking territory, doesn't it? Like you know, you're a Liverpool player, you're going to get injured, uh, or so it seems. Anyhow, but listen, let's talk to one who uh, isn't injured, but uh, as eagle probably is, is <laughs> Mamadou Sako. And um, incredible sort of news, certainly from my perspective, that he may be sent out on loan. We know the incident happened in Alcatraz. Whatever happened there seems to have been the catalyst for all this. Maybe the, the, on the back of that, Klopp feels he can't trust him over the course of the season. And that, if that's the case, why loan him and why not sell him? It seems a bizarre, a totally bizarre set of affairs, given the fact that we are so weak defensively. And he is our best defender, in my opinion. I appreciate that divides opinion, but in my opinion, he is our best defender. It seems like... The world is fucking gone mad and, and, and like really, really, really mad in the thought of loaning this guy out at this stage of the season. Who wants to take it far away? Put everything to the side, whether you like Sacco, you don't like Sacco, you think Klopp sun shines out of his arse. It doesn't sun shine out of his arse. Either way, put it all to the fucking side and think about it in black and white. If Sacco needs to be replaced, and in this it seems that Sacco does need to be replaced, for whatever reason, Klopp thinks so. Why are we leaving it until the 23rd of August to let that be known or to make any sort of move on it? Unless he ran over Klopp's dog a couple of days ago, what can any of you guys think of any, any sensible reason why you would leave it to the end for such an important position, a position that we probably needed we needed bulking up anyway? And the fact that it doesn't look like we're, we're bringing anybody else in either. We were turned down by... Leicester's second choice left back for fuck's sake. So what are the chances that some fantastic centre back, some Silva's coming in or some bullshit like that? It's not it's not gonna happen. So just in black and white terms, is there any sense whatsoever in leaving it to this stage? And I don't think there is. And I just think it shows our bipolar approach to the transfer window. It's crazy, it's nuts to me. And it's bad it's bad planning, and it seems to be years and years of bad planning, and it can't go unnoticed and People are on Twitter and they're commenting and they're saying, "Oh, remember when we all used to be together and we used used to all we used to all support the same club and all this stuff." It's, it's nonsense. Majority of them weren't born, mate. The majority of them weren't born when it was like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all fucking nonsense. Anybody with half a brain cell knows that this stage in the transfer window is not when you get rid of your first choice centre back or even your second choice centre back or whatever. You don't leave it this late, and it smacks of bad planning, the same as every other transfer window. And I don't see, I don't see it any other way. And it has to fall on both Klopp and whoever's organizing whatever behind the scenes. Everyone says he's organizing everything; it's all on him. So therefore, this is his fault. Do you guys see it any other way? No, uh, I think you're 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 absolutely bang on. I mean that that is my overriding emotion with it. Exactly what you said at the start there. Whatever we think and whatever side you take, ultimately, if Klopp wants rid of a player, that's his fucking prerogative. He's the manager. He can, he can get rid of a player. But the point is, and it's the, it's the absolute bottom line, why is it this late? Why have we... And the, and the thing is here, as, as a club now, if Sacco, God forbid, goes on loan to fucking Stoke, which is going to do nothing for him, like wh- why fuck about with a loan move as well? What's he going to get from going to Stoke? You know, what's he going to learn from from Shawcross? You know, what's he going to learn from 
from Mark What's he going to get What's from it, John? He's, he's going to end up wanting a transfer as soon as fucking possible, and he's never going to want to play for us again. That's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't see the... I think, you know what? Why fuck about with a loan? Get, you know, sell. Put the player player on the market and sell. If, if, you, if, if you're Klopp and you don't rate him and you don't fancy him, sell and, and, and replace. And But what we've now screamed out to the world is, if he does go... And if Klopp is thinking, right, I want to go in and get someone, say it is, like we all dream about Ta from, from Leverkusen, we have now told the world that we're fucking desperate. You know, it's a bit like the Wenger thing, isn't it? We're, we're desperate. We just got rid of him, and now we're coming around. Everybody knows we've spent fuck all in this window, that we're 10 million in the black. Every single club with a decent centre half are going to add 10, 15 million onto that price. Uh, so we yeah, and so you're absolutely right, Neil. I mean, it smacks of really bad planning. Uh, it's almost amateur. It's laughable, really. So, we, you know, and we're leaving ourselves with, let, let's cut to the chase of what I think about Sacco. Sacco's our best centre-back. He's our best centre-back. He's our most commanding centre-back. He's our best centre-back on the ball. If I have to sit and listen to one more half-wit tell me that Sacco's uncomfortable on the ball, he's by a mile our best passer of the ball, playing the ball forward into midfield. We don't have anyone that brings the sort of the leadership qualities and that. So I'm, you know, I'll be personally gutted. But if Klopp does want red, and if there's things behind the scenes that we don't know about, which 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 there may well be, and it feels that way, but then why, for all the reasons I've listed and what Neil said, why do it this way? It, it didn't just, crop up in the last it's week. It's just so poor. Like I'm starting to see people yeah. saying, "Oh, he's a bad egg behind the scenes. He's as bad as Balotelli or whatever." There's no way he'd started being a cunt in the last week. He was either was or he wasn't. Yeah, Klopp's been here since last October. He knows what type of player Mamadou Sako is. He should know on June thirty first, whatever, when the transfer window opens, whether he's getting rid of him or not. Shouldn't take okay. a, bit, a bit of pissing around in Alcatraz or whatever to completely sway your mind. And then, even if you do, if it if it takes you to now to figure that out, I'm sure it can wait until January. It's it's smacks of cutting, the- cutting your nose off to spite your face. You know what I mean? It's there. There can be no. I can't see. Unless we're bringing in some sort of world class centre back, and let's let's face it, we we can't see that happening. No, then this doesn't make not. any sense. But you you know another thing. Do you feel any of you that maybe the, the the seeds of all this were planted with the the drug scandal of last season that was you know, albeit it went away. Do you think that that maybe was the, the seed that was sown and then the actions from that maybe? It's concerning that the club have not said one iota at anything on that. He didn't congratulate him when he was let off, didn't back him. This hasn't mentioned it in one way or another. But that's concerning. It's very worrying. Yeah, and, I th- and I think the timing as well, Neil. Um, he was cleared, you know, the, the, the WADA, whatever you call that freaking mm-hmm. joke of an organisation. They, it, it just was too much of a coincidence for me that that story is leaked that we're, you know, that he, that he's go, could be let go out on loan. And that coincides with the days cleared as well. And it's like we were waiting on that date to be confirmed. And it was like, here you go. He's fully cleared. He's available now. It, it's, the whole thing's funny. funny but then that, that doesn't make any sense either because if we're trying to loan him, we're not getting any money back. So, in the whole transfer window, we should have bought somebody else and then just waited until the well, day. We don't need the... money, Neil. We're fucking loaded. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like People were saying we've got a 60 million thing and we're going to hit 10 million in the black now. So, there's seven. in theory, there's 70 million just sitting there. Do we look like spending any of it? No. We're starting to sound like Arsenal fans, but at the same time, it seems to be the TV money seems to be benefiting everybody but us. 
that's my worry. That is that is got what got me. It's not what's above us. It's what's coming behind us. It's fucking terrifying me. Listen, Cardi, jump in here because you've been quiet on it. What what is your Sacco thoughts? To, to be honest, I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, I suppose it's the saga with Sacco, really. You know, from the sort of the, the drugs thing that happened that was about three or four months ago now, which really came as a bolt out of the blue. Up to that point, I think he was more or less being made a fucking saint by the Liverpool fans. I still remember sort of sitting in the in the sanding before the Newcastle game um, and the news was filtering out about, you know, that he wasn't playing. He was being suspended because of possible drugs, drug abuse. None of us believed it. And then he, he got cleared and everybody was happy. Oh, happy days. He's going to be back again. Then there was injury. And then obviously this whole sort of interview with Klopp thing was on LFC TV, as which people at the time, you know, thought was a bit of a joke. And then sort of once things started to come out, everyone looked back at the interview and wondered, was there a bit more to it than that? I, I'm still totally shocked by the whole thing from, first of all, for the, the drugs accusations, then it to be dropped, then his attitude, which I never even to be honest, thought that he would have or or got that feeling from to this now whole being sent out on loan thing. I mean, I don't think we've ever done that before to such, you know, a high profile first team player. I mean, even I think if Klopp had come out and said, you know, we're going to send Danny Ings out, he's just back from a serious injury, didn't play at all last season, Um, doesn't really fit the style of play. Well, he doesn't need to play strikers. So I'm going to send him out for a few months and get him some game time. I think even if he had done that, which to be honest would seem a bit more logical, I think there would, be, would have been eyebrows raised, whereas this is just totally doesn't make any sense whatsoever. As the guys have already said, it shows really poor planning. I mean, none of us sort of ever, I think, really got the impression that Sacco could be like this or would have this kind of personality that we're now being led to believe that he does have. So if Klopp's known him since October, November last year, why is it only now, a week or so before the transfer window closes, that this is suddenly such a huge issue and we need him out of the club to get game time? What concerns me, Carly, is the, the club are trying to sell us this bullshit that he's gone out on loan to find himself for something stupid like that. And we're all supposed to just eat that up. And then they start feeding lines to journals that he's been a bad egg in the background. So then I start wondering what's true and what's not true. It, nothing from what I see about Mabadou Sacco makes him seem like a bad egg. And then when you couple that along with other bullshit, the club the club always seems to be trying to bullshit us in one way or another. It it doesn't it doesn't add up to me. And if the club were honest and just said we're getting rid of Mabadou Sacco and this is why we're doing it, that would be fine. But I don't think any of us believe that it's to go find himself. He's not going on retreat. He's not taking a year out from fucking university. No, it's definitely, like you say, it's definitely weird. You know, when he first joined it, he was made out to be a saint by not only the fans, but the club. Oh, look at the charity work he does. You know, he's going to primary schools and teaching the kids French. So he was sort of made out to be this really good guy who seemed to have a heart of gold, had made himself part of like the Liverpool community, if you want to put it like that. And now within the space of six weeks, they're trying to like erase that and completely brainwash us into you know, something else, so no, he's this, he's that, or whatever. To me, something has to have happened that we aren't being told about, whether it's for legal reasons or what, I have no idea. But it does not add up. How can a player go from being so influential in the team, one of our best players, to basically being booted out the door, unknown to fucking Stoke? No, and if you yeah. recall, guys, like I, I shared a thing with you at the time he was sent home, and I got a whisper, oh, fuck, I said, Sacco's done, he's finished at this club, blah, blah, blah. And we never went any further than our WhatsApp group, and we forgot about it just surely because everything seemed to be hunky dory. But I'm just wondering, maybe maybe that wasn't so off the mark as it but seemed. Dave, at the time. that wouldn't that wouldn't be a problem. That was in July. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, absolutely. I said yeah, it absolutely. at the time. Like if yeah. FSG had said, "Hey, at the time, 
we're just going to cut, cut our losses. It's like with Luis Suarez, it just got to the point where it's like, it's just probably better if we just move him on, we'll avoid all the drama or whatever. In July, that's fine. It's not fucking fine on August 23rd. Um, it's now what? August 24th? Nothing's been, there's five days left. That's moronic. And, and also the fact that we're, we're, you know, if you want to sell them, you want to send them out on loan, at least get your replacement in first before you start talking about this. You know what I mean? At least go out into the marketplace. As I say, we have no shortage of cash, but we seem to have a lack of appetite for entering the market. And when we do enter the market, we seem to lack the appetite of really nailing down our targets. And this is historical. This goes right back. This is nearly a decade of this, of not getting the right players when we need them. And I really, I think that's the biggest disappointment with me with Klopp, is I truly nailed my colours to the mass, my heart and soul into it. We're going to get the right players. Now, don't get me wrong, they could still all turn out that way. I'm not completely doing good. But just at this moment in time, given the, 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 the problems that we have and, and the mounting problems that seem to every bloody game with more problems uh, are developing rather than disappearing. And it's just like now Sacco's going and with no visible cover. You know, Clavin says he's here to be in the first team. Good for him if he wants to fight for the place. But I don't think that's what he was bought here for unless he was without us knowing it. Yeah, the other thing is... is- it could, it could be we're not interested in taking any more players in because we've already bought five or six players the same way the last transfer window we bought five or six players or whatever. And that's fine. But it's as Phil off the day trippers said, or if anybody listens to that, they were saying, oh, the money on Mane, for example, was fine as long as it didn't hinder our chances of signing players in the positions that we need. But it also comes even further down to that. Don't sign a shitload of players in the positions that we weren't that bothered with and then regret it and say right we can't buy anybody in the positions that we need because then that's too many players to bet in at the same time because it has like a knock-on effect right enough you shouldn't have 10 10 signings every summer it's that's stupid but what we should have done is we should have went. we could have carried that this season because we needed it neil it could have and, done it, but had, at the same time ha- had had those signings been made and had they have been of the quality which kept all of us happy or even potential quality the likes of your jonathan task to keep us happy Patience and goodwill would have been forthcoming, but that's the, the sensible way to do it. Is go by the goalkeeper, go by the centre back, go by the centre mid, then have whatever you and want. Left back, spunk and your left money back. whatever you want. Yeah, or left back, and then just spunk your money on whatever you want. That's that's fine. Address what needs to be done first. Don't. It's what I was saying earlier about this bipolar. It's like if some if some guy just becomes available, like Ronaldo just comes available. Oh, we'll spend the money on him. So then the money goes to him, a place goes to him, and then we're left there going, well, we can't, we shouldn't really waste any yeah, more money. Is he a starter or is he a, is he a first team starter or isn't he? And that's what we're missing. We are not bringing in players who you go straight away. Well, Carius, and oh, Carius is a first team starter just because what we have is so fucking dire in that position. That yeah. makes him a uh, your first choice starter. But who have we bought that you go, he's straight into the team? Mane, for as good as he's been, comes with huge question marks over the course of a season in consistency. You know what I mean? He needs to step up as well. There's there's progression there. It needs to be made for, for for us to see that from him week in, week out. I'm still trying to work out where Vinaldo comes into our team. It doesn't, <laughs> that signing makes absolutely no sense to me. And it makes even less sense to me when we're not covering any of the other areas in the pitch that we really need. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so I think positive people jump in here, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in defense, well, I think with the Wijnaldum one, he gives us pace and a proper goal threat from from an attacking midfield, uh, from a central midfield position. And I think. But that's do you see him starting? Like. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think uh, in place of Henderson, who's the captain, 
and I know that's going to be. But he's not that's, the controller midfielder like that you need. That, that's not his role. No, 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 he, no, he's not. He's not attacking midfielder. Yeah. No, he's 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 not the controller midfielder at all. I can see where he fits in from that power and pace from the centre. But he, but he, you're completely right, and you know, I'm not going to disagree with anything that either of you have said there. I think Klopp comes with a big reputation for developing players. We're certainly not at the point where I'm saying, you know, we're two games into the fucking season. You know, three games, sorry. We're not at the point where I'm where I'm going to start doubting and shouting about Klopp. But there is no doubt that, Dave, the point you make about the, you know, the, the caliber of the signings. And I don't like comparing us to, to them feckers over the road, but it's driving you know, me mad, look, John. It's driving me yeah. mad. They are buying quality, and we, you know, we yeah. go, oh, they, they could feel for them, but you just fucking know that they're not. And it's 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 our, it's our hope that they feel, but you know, you know, Pogba's not. Pogba's going to take his league by the yeah. fucking scruff of the neck. You know, you look at them, and all right, Bay's raw, but they've went out and bought a big centre back, a starting centre back, who Mourinho obviously believes he can develop. They've bought their centre midfielder. They've bought their Ibrahimovic, their big star. All without okay. Champions League football as well, it must be said. Yeah, yeah. They, they've gone out and they've filled the spine of their team. And I think Neil said earlier, it feels a bit like Arsenal. You know, I was talking to Arsenal fans when I was down in Dublin the weekend before last, before, before we played them. And their criticisms were very, very sort of along similar lines to what we're saying, that, you know, Mourinho's gone there, bang, bang, bang. He's addressed key areas, spine of the team, feeling as Wenger hasn't done that and being brutal. Uh, about it and I know it's you know but it was his first full window to, to really properly to, to do that well not his first full window there was the January as well but there you can't help but get the feeling that as a club we've we've missed a trick and that we had an opportunity to really put a stamp at centre half we really had a chance to make a stamp a stamp on getting our control of midfielder in a left back and then build around it. And I agree with Neil's point. You know, once you've got them key positions done, you've got your spine sorted, you go out and you spend and you add bits here and there and, 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 you, and you build on it. If you even look so, at Burnley, yeah. who we played last week, they they went out and they got Stephen Defer. Stephen Defer, we mentioned him on the last pod I was on, he's better than anything we have in central midfield currently. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that, he's not even and, spectacular. And these are teams signing. below us. And that's, yeah, these are teams, teams below us. And this, I keep going back to this because that is my big worry. Everybody's going, oh, we should be looking at fourth. Right now, I'm worried about holding on to eighth, for fuck's sake. Like, Stephen Defer, he's not, he's a fallen star. There was a point where he's probably going to be world class or whatever. He's not that now. But if you still look at him, like, he's better. All, all we have to do is just, even the profile of player, it doesn't even have to be a world class player. I'm over the world class player thing as well. It's everybody in the dog can see that we need options in centre midfield and they're just not going to get it. And it doesn't even look like we're attempting to, unless somebody pulls a, a really big rabbit out of a hat. I guess this transfer window is going to go down as a failure. It has to. Yep. <laughs> Try, trying to be more, trying to be more optimistic. But um, no, I think I've been optimistic in pre-season. The reason I was optimistic in pre-season is the improvement with the fitness levels and the improvement the club would make and the full preparation before games. And I still believe that will stand to us. Like that, that optimism took a, a bit of a, a wump, to say the least, at Burnley. And I know, Dave, you made the point that's going to happen. That, you know, that, that'll happen again. That'll happen again. And the reality is I would have the faith that we have a manager 
that will address that properly so that level of performance isn't repeated. But do we have the players, John? That's It's not the manager I'm questioning. It's the mentality that seems to have been running through this club for, for, for decades. Well, I'd say a decade at least. You know what I mean? The, the nearly men, I think, is a better way of putting it. You know what I mean? And and on their day, they can beat anybody. But sadly, their day isn't isn't too often. No, you're right. There's very There is very real question marks. And I do think part of this is Klopp's come in in October. Now, we all think he's had long enough to assess them and long enough to see them. Klopp might feel, I want to give them, I wanted to give them a preseason. I want to get them up to my levels of fitness preparation and tactical preparation and, and give them that chance. Personally, and I think I've, I've said this already, I think he's maybe being overly loyal. And we know from what we've seen over the years that there's certain players there that aren't fit to wear that shirt and they shouldn't be at Liverpool. The, the hope is obviously that if they underperform and don't deliver for him he'd be ruthless which he's shown he can be but there's no doubt the key positions that we were worried about are still we're still worried about them and that shouldn't be the case with a week to go in the transfer window and that's the reality Carly Fair um, given the fact as, as, as rightly so this, this transfer window is closing fast and we are sitting twiddling our thumbs and you know it looks like instead of going into the season as we thought we're now going in with minus Mamadou Sacco and that to me, is is another weakness. Yeah, and while John was talking there, it sort of made me think of another point. You know, people aren't really happy with the quality of the players we have signed during the summer. I think sort of at the minute, Manny's maybe the person, Manny's the exception to the rule. Everybody seems to like him. He's sort of doing quite well. But, you know, let him letting Sacco go. Sacco's a quality player. Is Klopp digging his heels in over Sacco's attitude and forgetting about the quality that he has, whereas he's maybe letting players stay who don't have the quality but have a better attitude? Is that something that could be happening? Or is that a problem? Or I don't know. Cough, I mean. cough, Milner. <coughs> Milner. <laughs> Our new left back. <laughs> oh, or he's an exceptional professional, that whole thing. Um, I'm sure a lot of people in the championship have a great attitude, but we shouldn't be signing them either. Yes, no, that's a fair point to say. Just sort of whenever John was saying that there, it sort of made me think, you know, is whatever Sacco supposedly done that bad that it can't be worked out with, with, you know, disciplinary sort of issues inside the club and kept quiet and sort of let him build his fitness up and slowly come back into the team as opposed to throw it basically trying to kick him out the door because I don't think any of us are swallowing the pill of, you know, oh, it's for fitness, it's for help him find himself and all this shit. I don't think anybody's swallowing that. We all know something has happened. We just don't know what it is. Um, so I don't It's It's been a strange one. don't think anything is going to happen by the end of the window. And I just hope that it's not to our detriment. I mean, I think that when we have our first 11 full and fit, we can't take on anybody. But the problem is it's a long season and we're not going to have the, the first 11 full and fit and ready for every week. So... It's just really whether the players that he's brought in to sort of bulk up the squad will be big, big enough and good enough to stand up and take their shirt and claim that spot when called upon. But that's maybe the only thing that worries me. We don't have strength and depth. Here, here's a, a point just to solidify that we do the whole notion that we don't have a clue what we're doing. Why did they change Sacco to number three to then bin him off? <laughs> if that yeah, that's another valid point. Yeah, if, which would still suggest that something has happened recently. <laughs> It does yeah. suggest something's happened recently. Then, yeah. can I can I make a point as well? Just around antics off the pitch or behaviour, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I'm not saying he's anywhere near the level of player that, for example, Roy Keane was. 
But I can remember 1998-99 season, the season United won the treble. Roy Keane spent the night in a cell for getting into a brawl. I think it was around Christmas. And it was along with Dwight York or something. And it was still right. to what Cantona did. Mate, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And do you know what? When you've got big players, big personalities and talents, and Carly, you said it there, you deal with it in the house. And Klopp, everything I've read about Klopp is that, you know, I read a story about him that he, he told the players that uh, was it around Christmas or whatever they'd had a bad result, but he was like, "You're all coming out, and the rule is no one's allowed to go home before one o'clock." And they encouraged them to have a drink. Klopp seems to love the crack, as they say. He seems to be a guy who gets team spirit, gets that bit of craziness. I find it hard to believe that Sacco pissing about on Instagram or pissing about. And I know we might have tried his patience, and he was late, and he Klopp was. It was a joke with a jag when he says we well, were the one that was late, but it it's a, it just doesn't add up to me. Like, why would you let your best centre back go for a few th- things that could be? You sit the player down, let's clean sheet, or you know, wipe the slate clean from here, sort yourself out, let's get it right, and and have your best players on the pitch. Uh, we paid eighteen million for him. The whole thing is just bizarre, and the shirt thing, absolutely, that's a great point. Why? Where? Where's the plan in here? What? Where has this come from? Has something absolutely crazy happened behind the scenes? In the modern game with the leaks that there is, surely we would know about it. I'm starting so to fear for Klopp's dog here. Maybe he did run over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's just so it's just so bloody weird, Dave. It really is. I can't can't get to the bottom of it at all. It's just and it's frustrating. Very frustrating Listen. that we're losing a player. Yeah, and, and and listen, we'll, we'll move it forward from here and, and move and just take a quick look at what's ahead of the weekend here because, again, we're going to have a tough test, I, I believe, at Tottenham. Um, I'll just throw it around the table. I'll start with Neil. Um, we'll, we'll get the, all the negativity of you and me out of the way first, Neil, and then we'll let the happy clappies go. <laughs> <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life. I really don't know how it's going to go at the weekend. Spurs don't seem to have started anywhere near the level they were at last season. Or maybe as I said last season, they weren't really at that great a level anyway, but they just nicked a draw with Everton, and uh, I think they won 1-0, was it, last week? But their midfield will tear, tear us to pieces if we if we play anything like we did against Burnley. We've got a soft centre, we've had a soft centre since Mascherano left, something needs addressed there. If Can's out injured, then we really, really, really have a problem, because centre midfield is going to be Henderson, probably Wijnaldum again, and probably Lalana again so that that's doing nothing and if you sit and you pass the ball around Spurs's back four they will pick us off and they will punish us and they will punish us far more than Burnley ever could on a positive note we do like teams that come at us so Spurs might think we're there for the taking if they if if they do that then it bodes well for us but it's it's like what we, we always say there's there's only a couple of good teams in the league so we can't get by on a season of just beating good teams because they came out to, to play against us. And it's pretty pretty soon everybody will notice that the way to beat us is to sit back and then just pick us off because we just can't defend. So no, I'm not I'm not I'm not thinking that I t- I take a draw at the weekend to be honest. To be honest with you, I think we'll get a draw at the weekend. That's my own personal point on it, Neil. Um, I think, as you rightly said, this is a team that well in the in the last season is above us and they are at home and they'll want to play football. That may just play into our hands. 
Um, sadly, we only got a few of those games per season. The, the rest of them seem to be bus parkers. But I'll come to John because Wanyama has been excellent for them so far. And he's a type of player that could fuck our day for us very easily. Yeah, Wanyama's a player again. Wanyama would have been fucking perfect for us. I think I said this last oh, I, know. I know. That's why I'm coming. That's why I put the question to you. Yeah, I know. It's million, fucking annoying. Million got, wasn't it? Oh, Jesus Christ. They paid absolute buttons for him. Buttons. Um, exactly what we need. Just a real strong, aggressive centre midfielder who can... He's not brilliant on the ball, but he's but he's more than competent, and he he's just a record of the highest order. Oh, he is. He Play, just a player Spurs didn't even probably really really need to if they were going to be honest. Like, yeah, they, see, they saw well, the I'm, opportunity yeah. without they got. Yeah, and Pochettino obviously knew the player really well from Southampton and uh, and wanted him absolutely, Dave. You know that's. I think you're right. It's uh, this is where Liverpool are a strange team. You know, you look at last season, four one at City, three one at Chelsea. Some some really good performances. Even the game at Arsenal under Rodgers was a really good performance. I remember early in the season. So it's 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 not the type of game that's going to tell us how the season's going to go. Because normally, when you look at it going away to a team that were competitive last season and were right in the league challenge up until the last couple of weeks, would tell you a lot. I think you're right. I think that it'll suit us. They'll come out. They'll have a go. Um, I am worried. I'm worried about the thought of. Uh, Matip making his uh, Premier League debut and being in there against you know the likes of Kane, Eriksson, Lamella. They're very good forwards. You know they're going to test us, going to test that 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 partnership at the back more so as Neil says than Burnley ever bloody bloody would. So we're go- we're going to be under the we're going to be under the caution. It'll be a test for us defensively, which always makes me nervous. But we should have enough. Uh, hopefully going forward, give them the space they get. I, I'd, I'd agree with you, Dave. I, I could see it being something like 2-2, maybe something like that. Get a draw, score a draw. The other thing yeah, to worry um, about um, as well is Spurs are going to shoot. And how many shots is Simon Mignolet saving these days? Zero out of five. <laughs> that's, that's a worry. Burnley had two he shots He saved on the target. penalty, Dave. Let's, let's not forget no, the penalty. He, that was a good but, 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 you know, it, it, he, he is a decent shot stopper for all his faults. Mingley is a decent shot stopper. Um, and Harry Kane's sort of dependency on fucking firing the trigger from anywhere that he gets the ball. Like I, I don't worry about Mingley in those situations. It's, it's you know, if he doesn't hold on to that save, you know what I mean, he'll save it, but he could fucking bobble it and drop it and do stupid shit. That's, that's my worry more. Um, I, don't, I don't even see this Mignolet as a brilliant shot stopper. He might have came to us as a brilliant shot stopper, and he may no, have a decent shot games, stopper. Didn't but... Lately, you know, I, I can't remember him doing anything other than picking the ball out of the back of the net. Well, certainly this season, that's all he seems to have done. Barred the penalty save, as John said. Carly, come in, save us. Come on, happy clappy, let's go. Well, the only thing that I can say is if Chan isn't playing, I think we're fucked. I think that is really, really massive. I don't think it's underestimated. If he's not playing, I think the midfield's going to be far too soft. And I, I would worry about us. I think if he's going to be there, it sort of solidifies a bit more. I think we can win. I think. I mean. I think generally we do okay against Spurs. Maybe not so much at White Hart Lane as opposed to Anfield, but I think we generally do okay against them. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see maybe his team, Klopp's team selection for Saturday to see whether he'll stick with the type that uh, was out of Burnley or if he'll revert back to sort of the Arsenal team. I really don't know how this is going to go. I think we might nick it, but I think if, again it's going to be high scoring. Matip and Lovren. Well, it's Matip's first. Game in the Premiership, Lovren doesn't fill me with confidence by his playing at the minute. Um, he played really well in pre-season, um, but then obviously 
the last few games, I don't think his head's been right. I mean, there's been things in the press about him. He's had a lot going on in his personal life, which we won't go into. But I don't know whether that has started to affect him or not. Um, but yeah, I think it could be high scoring. I'm going to go for us to win 3-2. Well, it's not really high scoring by our standards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, fair point. <laughs> you know, five fours and four threes are more. Carly, where do you stand on fullback for this game? Because I know you're a, you're a Moreno uh, fan. And who, who would you put in for this one? Do you know what? I think I would go with Moreno. Because I think the only way to beat them is you want to have to outscore them. It's coming back to that whole thing again. And like I mentioned earlier, I think Milner's one of the people who really could all slow down our attack because he constantly has to cut in for his right foot so I would probably start Moreno yeah I would yeah that yeah no I would start Moreno Moreno and Manny are going to give us pace on either side so uh, that's something I would definitely look for and I think actually Klein played well no one really mentions Klein um so I like to give him a mention I suppose to a certain extent defenders don't get mentioned Klein played well especially uh last night so I think he deserves a mention no as I say Nathaniel Klein to me is is very good but he's frustratingly good in fact, he's he's very good at times, but there's always that. that it's like he's a consistent side. seven. Yeah. He sort of goes above it and, yeah. He can go below it. But I'll come to John again. For you, who would you play at left back for this? Would you go along with Carly or would you would you go with Milner? Or, and what do you think he will do? Yeah, I've had people going, oh, well, at least Milner can defend. And I'm like, can he fuck? When, when, when's he ever been a defender? <laughs> um, let's be honest, like Milner. Yeah, I, I, I agree We. I agree with Carly. I mean, I think uh, to beat Spurs, we're going to have to, they're going to come out and have a go at us. Pochettino is going to, I would say this will be the, you know, these two teams will run the, the biggest distance <laughs> of, of any teams this weekend. This will be a real high intensity pressing game. And in that type of game against Spurs away from home, where we can hit them, as Carly says, you know, you've got Manny down the right, you've got Klein, they've got a bit of pace. It, it would make complete sense to have Moreno there who can break at speed on the, le- on, on the left-hand side as well and give us that balance. And hopefully you know, that we break out of the team might not have done him any harm. We, we know he's, he can be a, you know, the, he can be a liability. Of course, we know that. And ideally, I'd like to see us put, give him competition as well in the form of a, of, of a very good left-back that can defend and can get forward. But I don't, I don't think James Milner is the answer. So... Yeah, I hope Marino's back in as well, Dave. Absolutely. Neil, for you, um, how how do you feel about the left back for this game? Who would you go with? Given the given the fact we're threadbare, basically, uh, would you go with Moreno or would you go with Milner? Moreno, <laughs> uh, it's the only way to go. He's the best left back at the club. Anybody says different. the only the only left stupid. back at the club. Yeah, well, say. yeah. You could try something fancy. You could try a, I don't know. Could really blow them away and try a three at the back or something like that. I don't know. It's the only other option I see because anything's better than having James Miller. Like, do you see him last night? He was playing at left back and then somehow popping up at right wing to put the ball in for the cross for Sturridge. Don't know how that worked out. So, it's just, yeah, Moreno has to be. No, and um, well, to be honest with you, as much as it pains me to say it, I would go with that. Um, to be honest, I'd, I'd, I'd have a little, little bit, and I say a little bit, more confidence if he was playing right back. But left back, I think, uh, as you say, I think his natural um, game head is is to, to to drift to the right. Do you know what I mean, Neil? Uh, and you could actually have a point on that in, in what in what you brought up there. But listen, I'll throw it open. Is there anything else you would like to discuss before we we close out here? Just say, and um, this is this is a collector's item from me. In defence of James Milner. Oh, in defence of James Mulder, 
can't believe I'm about to fucking say this. Is everybody sitting but, down? <laughs> bar the first 15, 20 minutes, and it was against Burton Albion. It was fucking Burton Albion, let's be honest. He did, I thought he, he did pretty well last night after that. He he slowed us down a lot early on. He he put in a, he played a couple of wee nice balls through. He set up, he definitely set up two of the goals. So he, he was playing left back. So in defensive, he didn't have a bad game. But if he's the long-term solution to us at left back, then we're not going to be competitive for the top four or anything better. That's all I wanted to say. I'm Neil. Yeah, the only other thing on the left back is it, it depends so heavily on the midfield combination and whether the midfield... Because the way we play is we want Moreno to bomb on, we want Milner to bomb on, whoever's playing, we want them to bomb on. So somebody needs to be doing the job of sweeping that area if they bomb forward and that's that's crucial a lot of the a lot of the goals or anything that comes down the left or Moreno's getting blamed for a lot of them I'm not even a big Moreno fan as I can see that it's it's not technically his fault there should be somebody swooping in there covering whether it's Coutinho track and back or if it's Henderson or Can whoever's playing defensive midfielder needs to come in and needs to uh, shore up that side when Moreno goes forward because we all know Moreno's strength isn't going forward so if that's the case play to his strengths and mop up behind him, but doesn't seem to be happening. And I, I, if we have Henderson, if Can is out, Henderson, or Henderson, Vinaldum and Lalana, I don't see those guys mopping up in behind, so that's the only thing that concerns me. If Moreno, I would maybe choose Milner, but then at the same time, Milner doesn't have the pace to get back, so I, I, I really don't know the solution to this problem, to be honest. It, it, they, that leaves me perplexed as well. Go and live you know a bunker for the rest of the season. Yeah, Go and just the, stick a bunker in your garden. <laughs> the solution is the solution is you buy a world-class controller midfielder that's an expert at filling in when players go forward, that's, like Alexa Busquets does at Barcelona, but we don't seem to, to be interested in that. Yeah, sounds good to me, but do back you, to the real world, card. Do you know what the solution is, actually? <laughs> I was advised on Twitter the solution is maybe I should support Man City or Chelsea. Apparently that's the solution uh. to the problem. <laughs> well, you, they are, they're looking like options. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Yeah. Charlie, <laughs> then wind you up. Need to go find myself at another club, maybe. <laughs> Oh dear, ABC in the Taller mine. That's it. I've made my mind up. No. <laughs> Carly, for you, anything you wanna you wanna add to that? Um no, but I, I did agree with, with what Neil had said. And I like that actually someone has made that point. I've made it a few times on Twitter and it just sort of goes like tumbleweed. Um I think a lot of people just simply look at the fact of the area of where maybe the goal has came from and don't actually look and, and realise, you know, Moreno was getting forward, so it was someone else's job to cover that position while he was going forward. So it's other people that you actually need to look at for the reasons why those goals were conceded. So I'm glad he's brought that up. But yeah, it, the whole Milner Moreno thing baffles me. I said last week, you know, to me, they're they're both players that want to get forward. The only difference is that Moreno has the speed to be able to get back, whereas Milner doesn't. So that's why, to me, playing Milner at left back is is slightly baffling. Um, unless he's literally going to sit at left back and and not move forward. But we've all seen that that's what he likes to do as well. So. It's a bit of a strange one. No, indeed. Well, listen, we'll leave it at that. Um, I think we've ranted enough for, for one week. Never mind. <laughs> two podcasts we've been ranting on and all week. <laughs> so we'll close it out at that. I'll just come around the table, stay with you, Carly. Anything you want to plug? It's normally a no. No. <laughs> just everybody follow Cop Left. Yes, indeed. Everybody follow Cop Left. And Neil yourself. John, yourself. No, not nothing for me to nothing for me to plug, Dave. Hopefully we'll all be in better mood on the next one of these. <laughs> oh, hopefully so. We'll get the result uh, in Tottenham. Uh, Neil, yourself, anything you want to plug while you're here? 
Yeah, just going to plug Accrington Stanley, who are uh, currently nil nil against <laughs> your <Burnley>. new club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do, doing well, doing, doing better than we were able to do. It seems at the weekend. Good positive nil nil in there. Other than that, no, uh, just get me it. Normal uh, purple man. If you want to follow any more of my ranting, <laughs> <laughs> indeed, and do it, do it. Listen, that's grand for me. I just wanted to do the usual with it with a pod out there from from the weekend. Uh, if you, if you haven't picked it up, give it a shout. Um, there's a bit of a rant on it as well. If you like the sort of ranting, if you're um, and there's I, I was expecting to get crucified for what I said, but actually there's a lot of people who come out in support of me. So thank you. Uh, I'm only speaking my mind. Um, other than that, I say just give WFI a follow as well. If you if you don't, uh, if you're interested in football from around the globe, we have shows from all over the world there. And give us a follow at Twitter at at World Football I, and that's the letter I. Um, lots of good content there, and being added to daily. There's nearly a podcast a day over there covering the site all over the globe. And we're going to be doing a transfer window roundup as well coming up shortly. So that'll be interesting. Uh, not for me, but it'll be interesting for those who take part in it. Um, other than that, uh, just thank you again. Give us a, a, a follow on Cop Left. As I say, we have a Cop Table involved with us as well. Give those guys a follow. They do our preview pods. Very, very good. I, I edited the um, the Tottenham pod this week for them. Another really good podcast, so give that one a look. Other than that, we'll be back next week to discuss whatever happens at the weekend. And until then, thanks for listening. From everybody here, good night. Good night.